Welcome to the Illinois YPN podcast, where members of the Illinois Realtors Young Professionals Network, or YPN, share their tips and resources for your real estate career. Our topic for this episode is on how to work your brand with social media and the industry and through personal everyday interactions. I'm Kim Busher, Illinois Realtors staff liaison for our state YPN advisory board. This episode was recorded from a recent webinar Illinois YPN held in place of our in-person event that normally happens at our annual capital conference. The work your brand topic comes at a unique time during the COVID-19 pandemic. So you're also going to hear how our panelists are adapting to the rapidly changing environment to keep their brand and business going strong. With that, we have a great episode ahead for you guys. Next up is Eddie Rudiger, the 2020 chair of Illinois YPN who moderated the discussion. He is a realtor with Baird and Warner in Plainfield and also the 2020 president-elect of his local board, Three Rivers Association of Realtors. So let's jump right into it. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. I know each of these panelists have so much insight to offer. Branding is more important than ever in today's real estate market to make yourself stand out authentically in real. And no one better than these three panelists who are nationally known experts. We have Rebecca Donatelli, who served on the National Association of Realtors YPN Advisory Board and is founder of the Rebecca Donatelli team with McDowell Homes Real Estate Services in Cleveland, Ohio. In 2019, she was named to Realtor Magazine's 2019 class of 30 under 30. She has built her brand to become recognized on social media in Cleveland area and has built relationships with other successful agents around the country, many of whom have sent referral business her way. Sharing daily stories about her life and engagement with clients on Instagram, she has led to becoming an influencer status and has over 14,000 followers Welcome, Rebecca. Thanks for coming. Give us a little more about your background. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. As Eddie said, I'm, my name is Rebecca Donatelli. I am team lead and founder of the Rebecca Donatelli team here in Cleveland, Ohio with McDowell Homes Real Estate Services. Um, last year, on top of um, 30 Under 30, I actually launched a speaking consulting business, already seminars and consulting, and have been fortunate enough to travel around the country. Not right now, obviously. Everything is virtual, but um, otherwise... Uh, to help other realtors build their businesses through social media specifically, um, which has been wonderful for me as well. Um, I also sit on the NARYPN advisory board. I represent region six um, and get to do a lot of traveling for that as well. So I'm really glad that we can be here virtually uh, together to continue to learn. Excellent. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Next, we have Mabel Guzman, who is National Association of Realtors, Vice President of Association Affairs, a past president of the Chicago Association of Realtors and Realtor with At Properties in Chicago. Within the industry, she's respected for her professionalism and telling it like it is honesty. Uh, passionate about her role in the real estate in public policy, Mabel has represented over 1 million realtors on the national level testifying before the US House and Senate committees on issues important to the industry. She is considered to be among the industry leaders who will help shape a positive future for the real estate industry, Mabel. Um, so give us a little bit more about your background. 
Well, first I would say hello to everybody. Sorry we can't be in person, but this is really the second best way that we can all connect. And I want to thank you and Illinois Young Professionals Network for hosting this panel. Um, but, you know, and also I'm glad to be on this panel with Sam and Rebecca, who are very, uh, two very impressive leaders in the industry to talk about, you know, branding. Uh, for me, yeah, and we all know that it's crucial to protect your brand. For me, my experience has been really about collaboration. Right? So it's all about collaboration wherever I can. And then I looked at opportunities where I can make a difference. So it wasn't more that I was looking to be somebody, I was looking to do something. So that's where actually I've been known. And if you speak with President Ben Smalta, yeah, I'm very tell it like it is, no BS, um, which he's, I'm, uh, he's told pretty much everyone and so is everyone else. And I guess that's really about it, right? That you have to be your authentic self. And when someone asks you a question or you need to say something about something that's troubling you, you need to be real with people. And that's really what it comes down to. You can't have one persona somewhere and then a persona somewhere else. You have to be true to yourself because when you're true about who you are, other people will then say, yeah, this is someone that I can, I have confidence in and that I can trust. So branding is also goes to who you are and how people perceive you and the impact you make in your profession in your industry. Excellent. Thank you, uh, Mabel. And last but not least, we have Sam Powell. Sam uh, serves as a gover uh, governor of Women's Council of Realtors for Illinois and is a realtor with Dreamtown Realty in Chicago. Sam is passionate about making industry better through educating the consumer. Definitely something up my line of the road. Um, if you have worked with her or not, peer-to-peer -peer sharing, she's always sharing tons of information out there. And her volunteer work in her local community is outstanding. She's received countless awards in the real estate industry, most recently named the 2019 Chicago Agents Who's Who in Chicagoland Real Estate. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sam. How are you? Good afternoon, everyone. I'm awesome. Uh, hopefully, it'll be, remain a little quiet in my condo as there are three dogs uh, laying in a bed in a room next to us. I'm in a loft space, as many of us uh, throughout the Chicago land. So uh, it's amazing to be in this virtual space with you guys. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of lives happen around us while we're on screen together. Um, I don't promise anything, but it, it turns out almost every time something happens that we get to deal with in a way, it's super fun. So I'm super honored to be here. Uh, I feel and have felt for a really long time that our gift back to the industry is sharing our knowledge, our mistakes, uh, things that we've tried and succeeded at is, you know, raising the bar in our industry by being willing to share our talents side by side, arm in arm. Uh, Mobel is, is a huge, beautiful example of that in my uh, small circle, having been a part of volunteerism with her and going head to head in amazing conversation and dialogue because she for sure is one of those that is not afraid to say, wait, time out. There are other sides to this conversation that ought to be heard. So it's honor, honor and pleasure to be here with all of you. Rebecca, great to see you remotely. I've heard amazing things about what you're up to. So proud to be here with you guys. Wonderful, thanks, Sam. All right, let's get into this. Uh, so I wanna start off with the very first question and that is, let's talk about first the evolution of marketing and your brand. How have you shifted your brand over the years and maybe even right now 
how have you shifted your brand in our current state of real estate? And I think we'll start with Sam since she got to introduce last. <laughs> Hi, thank you. So I started in real estate in 2002 and I was an early adopter of wanting to sort of personalize um, who I was in the marketplace and uh, sort of speak to a niche market for lack of a better term. And so early on in my career, I wanted sampowell.com. No surprise, right? And that was taken by a law firm out of Kentucky of all places. So I had to get a little creative and a super good buddy of mine, I'm gonna give her a shout out, Stephanie Weston, who's here in Chicago. Um, she said, how about Ask for Sam? So she gets true credit for the askforsam.com evolution in that regard. And so I started this whole campaigning concept around um, promoting my real estate you know, persona using askforsam.com. What you'll see interesting on my screen is there is no askforsam.com there. Um, and through the evolution, um, I learned a couple of things early on in my career that when you leave your outgoing voicemail and you say something like, hi, this is Sam Powell, you've reached my virtual office, whatever, um, people all, oftentimes would hear um, Pam Powell. So instead of hearing this is Sam, they would hear this is Pam. And so for many years early on in my career, I also owned the URL askforpam.com that would forward to askforsam.com because I just was heartbroken about missing out on potential opportunities there. And then a couple of years ago, I had an interesting experience where I had sold this family a home. Years later, fast forward, they wanted to resell it and couldn't find me. So through every fault of my own, I didn't stay in touch with them in the rightful and just way. And they knew Sam, they knew to look for Sam and Sam's a realtor in Chicago, but they weren't real uh, apt to using technology or Google as an example. So they actually called the company I was working for at the time, which was companies ago for me now. And they had the best Zappos of experience in that phone call. They basically said, hey, I, we work with this agent. Her name was Sam, Samantha. Does she still work for your company? And the brand said, she doesn't. I know we have no Samanthas in our company right now, but let me pull up the entire multiple listing service of all Samanthas, read off the last names and see if any of these are your kids. And sure enough, they got to Powell and they were like, yep, that's her. So no surprise to you, um, more prominent in my brand is Sam Powell, so that it's easier for you to find me in searching for me because Ask for Sam was not enough information for the first like, you know, 15 of my 18 years in this industry. So just quick and dirty evolution in that. Excellent, excellent. Mabel, tell us how your um, brand has been moving through and the evolution of it over the years. I started 22 years ago. So one thing that wasn't around 22 years ago is social media. So with that said, you know, I was already in the business. I am a person. Um, if you do not have Facebook, do you exist? Yeah, you do. You do. The thing is, you have to, however you exist in the real world is how you should exist on social media as well. So there has to, again, it goes back to the authentic self, whatever you've been conveying all those years prior to any social media activity, or even now when you're interacting with people, it can't be two different stories. You, there has to be a level of consistency, right? Um, because it goes back to people are gonna read that as you're not real or that you're not forthcoming, therefore you, it's a trust issue. So now in the circumstance with this pandemic, I'm doing buyer meetings through Zoom, you know, and that's, that's how it's happening. I, I use share the screen, show all the documents that I email them in advance. So again, another shift. 
I'm still doing the things I'm always doing. I'm just using a different platform to convey who I am and the consistent, so I can maintain that level of consistency. So they're like, you know what? Nothing's really changed here. We're getting the same information and this is someone we can trust. Absolutely. So Rebecca, the biggest question I look at with, when we're talking about the evolution of a brand, how, for you, how do you get to 14,000 followers? I know that's what the biggest question ever. How do you evolve to that? Because that's what everybody's probably wondering right now for, for you. Yeah, I do get asked that quite often, actually. Um, and what I really try to let people know is that, you know, obviously it's not something that happens overnight. I started my real estate Instagram account right at my first year anniversary, if you will, in real estate. Um, I was, I got into business at 24. I was just about to turn 25. I did have a pretty successful first year. I was working the year at my company. Um, I had a pretty solid first year, but I was realizing by that point that I needed to figure out another way to stand out. And when I started the account, I really didn't have any intention of actually making it a real business generator or brand uh, builder essentially for me. It was just a hobby. I love real estate and I love photography on the side. So it was a great place for me to share my love for both. And, and as I started sharing that, I started realizing like this could actually become something. People were engaging with me. They were wanting to chat with me. I was building relationships with people. And so I said, this is what I've been looking for to really build my brand and be able to stand out, especially going to listing and buyer consultations up against agents that have been around for 20 plus years. You know, they had a big book of business behind them. I, my first year, maybe did 24, 25 transactions. And I was still trying to figure out how to say, I'm the person that you need to connect with and work with. Um, so I really started making it a point every single day to be on there, follow people, um, put out content that I thought they'd be interested in. I basically did what any new agent is told to do when they get in the business. You write out your sphere and you contact all of them. So I basically did the same thing on Instagram. I followed my entire sphere. I um, followed local bloggers, sports, um, you know, people in the sports industry. In fact, one of the biggest food bloggers in Cleveland is one of my current clients right now. We connected through Instagram, um, developers and builders in Cleveland I connected with, many of whom I've worked with, um, and really just grew that following by constantly chatting with them, engaging with them, wishing them a happy birthday, even if I didn't know them. Um, if it was an agent around the country, I'd give them a little push if they if they posted a listing. I said, great listing, it's gonna sell quick. I didn't know, you know if it was priced well or not, because I'm not in their market, but just kind of giving them that extra little uh, you know, encouragement and slowly but surely the following started, started to build. That's, that's amazing. Um, all right. So what are some of the tips do each of you have for starting out, um, and the marketing respect to each of the areas that you're covering? We have Mabel, who is the vice president with NAR. We've got Rebecca, who's got a huge social media presence. And then Sam, who just loves and knows everyone. And I have to be honest, if you're at any Illinois events, Sam knows everyone. Um, and we'll start off with Rebecca on this. Sure. So for me, um, it really honestly was the social media. I just started pumping out content, um, really trying to connect with as many people as possible. Again, I was young. I was new in the business. I really didn't you know, know much other than social media. And I knew real estate. I knew, you know, or I was getting to know real estate, but I knew photography. Um, and so I really just kind of started sharing that with people pretty early on. Um, and it did build my brand a lot quicker than I thought and gave me some wonderful opportunities. 
that I never honestly thought possible. I also got involved uh, on the industry side of things with YPN about the end of my first year in the business. And so when I started sharing that side of things, uh, and then I was elected to sit on my board of directors and I kind of started sharing that side of things too, a lot of people really took to that because they can see that I have a voice in this industry and I can also talk about that on top of just real estate sales. And so I use social media as a great platform to share kind of both those sides to things. Um, I love, you know, I share that I was in Miami for President Circle and I had people asking me, what were you doing in Miami for work? You know, so it allows me to kind of talk about that side of things too and really connect with people uh, a little bit more. So it's really just about putting yourself out there, showing who you are, um, people getting to know you. It's not about the sales, people don't care about the sales they want to know who you are and my goal is for people to trust me before they even know me a perfect example I had someone reach out to me on Instagram last Thursday or Friday they said hey I've been following you for a while I have to buy a house with my husband right now we need to go this weekend and I feel like I already know you and I'm not interested in interviewing anybody else and I just got them under contract over this weekend so it's a great way to just share who you are and allow people to trust you that's amazing Moving uh, to someone that's extremely involved and uh, definitely, I would say, a mentor of my own, Mabel, let's talk about your brand, you know, and your involvement with the National Association and how you built that up. Okay, well, at National, I think it was pretty much that I was seeking to make a difference. So for me, volunteering or participating in a committee wasn't really getting something on a resume. It was really about making a difference. Um, if there was an issue that was really kind of um, I was passionate about or I felt like, you know what, they don't really have the right kind of, they don't see my perspective in this conversation. I want to share that perspective. So I would even go to committees that I wasn't on and I would sit in the room and then there was an opportunity to ask a question because I knew the subject matter was going to be about something like, you know, they don't know this about this issue. So I would raise my hand, I would say something about it. So, and people appreciated that, right? They're like, yeah, we didn't really think about that. So it's really more about, and then that kind of involvement, people were like, wow, you know, that person is very prepared. And even when I became a chair of a committee and eventually liaison, uh, and now uh, vice president, your vice president of association affairs, it's really about being prepared. So when I meet with my clients, it's that level of preparation as well, right? where they're gonna meet with me and I already can anticipate the questions they're gonna ask. So that's really what it is about. It's about having a presentation that is solid, it's based on facts, you have good data, good storytelling, and you have you know, a lot of anecdotes that you can go with it. So it's the same thing that when I do a presentation for my client that I'm also in front of a national stage or at a committee meeting at NAR, I'm doing really basically the same thing. I am doing a presentation based on facts, data, and some stories to share with everyone. So, because it's really an educational process. You know, I see myself as an educator and a facilitator, and that's across the board, whether it's, you know, my realtor family or if it's my clients or any other thing. Um, you know, it, and there's a big responsibility <laughs> with that as well, because then people come to you, all of a sudden you are that resource. So you have to be ready, right? I may not have the answer for you now, but I tell them, you know, I didn't hear about that. Can you give me a day to research this? And can we talk about it tomorrow? And they're like, yes. So then all of a sudden I research all this stuff. We have a conversation the next day. I mean, they could have done the same thing, 
but it's sort of, I feel like I'm their little personal Wikipedia, you know, realtorpedia, where they can go to me and they have a question. And they're like, we know that you're gonna do it the right way because the level of information that's out there is very confusing. And when it comes to a real estate question, there's only so many ways that you can answer it because this is based on data, facts, and anecdotes. So that's really, I get, that's really where I've developed, I guess, per, sort of that persona of that I want to be an expert and because I want to be an expert, I need to study and I need to be prepared and anticipate any kind of question, especially my clients have, or if I have to do a presentation nationally. I know you're in my circle and I've had to call you on <laughs> condo stuff because you're so good with condo issues and things along those lines. Um, Sam, what are some tips for you uh, that you would give if you were starting off today? Well, I have to say, um, I, I started in 2002, and if you know me today, I'm known to be like this paperless agent that will smack your hand if you approach me with paper or touch paper in my presence. Uh, but I have to say, back in 2002 when I started, my degree is um, photography. Uh, so Rebecca, we have a passion for photography together. Um, and so I had some graphic design background, photography background, and uh, no sales history to speak of. And I'm also not from Chicago. So I moved to Chicago in 2000, working for a dot-com, it gets dot-bombed, and then we end up, I, I'm now um, unemployed, so I start, uh, I start my real estate career at right immediately during unemployment. So this is what I did. I created a little flyer um, that had a photo of me uh, because I wanted people to, uh, I wanted me to resonate with people because people are going to want to work with somebody who they can relate to in a way, and I am, uh, I was openly gay at the time. I know I don't wear like a, I'm a gay face, so that makes it pretty clear to people um, that I'm approachable. I'm just kidding. So my branding was clearly um, out and open and comfortable in my own skin. And every month I would walk up and down the streets of two of my favorite communities here in Chicagoland, uh, Lakeview and in Andersonville. And my first week out, I went in and introduced myself to every shop owner I possibly could. Anyone that had a community bulletin board, I got their permission to put one of my flyers up on their bulletin board and simply ask, can I put a new flyer up every month? Because every one of them has a rotation on when they clear off those boards. So every month I'd go get a Starbucks coffee. I'd walk up and down the streets that were my favorite. And then it became super efficient. Walk in, put a, put a flyer up, walk out, move along. And that's how I sort of introduced myself to the marketplaces where I wanted to draw attention from the consumers they might possibly want to buy in that area or move out of that area. And ironically, one of my first at-bats in my career was a, um, an ad designer for a company, and she liked the style of my flyer. So the first voicemail I got, like a five-year-old giddy kid, was, hey, I saw your little flyer. I'd love to sit down and meet with you. I'm looking to buy a property. And I like lost it. I was just like, no way, this actually works. This is so super fantastic. And so what it felt like looking back is engaging with your, you know, guerrilla marketing in a way, but engaging with your community in a one-on-one -on -one kind of um, opportunity, right? So putting yourself out there. And I would go to these couple of restaurants every month and they would be like, we were wondering when you were gonna come back because all of your flyers were gone. And people were asking, you know, were, were there going to be new flyers coming in because they didn't pick one up when they had a chance the last time. So anyway, long story short, as soon as, so this is pre-social media, and as soon as social media hit, 
Um, me being a tech nerd anyway, my degree is out of the Rochester Institute of Technology. Uh, so I have this love and passion for all things tech. I was an early embracer and adopt, adopter to the Facebook world and environment. And so I would, like if Rebecca was going to be a potential customer of mine, I would uh, find her on social media first ask her to be a friend on social media first as sort of a precursor to us having a real face-to-face. -face. So we'd have a digital face-to-face -face first. She'd either accept it or not, which would be a red flag or not, looking at reading into that or not. Um, I could learn a little bit more about her, find ways that we could uh, be relatable so that when we did meet face-to-face, -face, I don't do well with small talk, but if we can have real talk about real conversations quickly, it's a game changer. So if I know Rebecca has a dog, I can be like, hey man, I saw your dog Harry on Facebook. How awesome. I have two dogs too, whatever. It just allowed for um, a more authentic small talk conversation um, because I don't handle rejection well. So then fast forward very quickly, um, getting involved in our industry, which I didn't really do. So start real estate 2002, start volunteerism in like 2009, 2010. So there was a gap where I was just tunnel vision, you know, working on my business. And then I raised my head up above the clouds and was like, there's gotta be more to this industry than just me feeling sort of solo and alone and uh, on an island. Like I have stuff to contribute. I wanna share with peers and be a part of something in a bigger collaborative way. Not unlike Mabel, I wanna make an impact and make a difference. So I started getting involved in the Women's Council of Realtors here on, in Chicago and Illinois. And I started volunteering for a women's tackle football team here in Chicago. And then slowly, because um, I was a big chicken, like this confident kid you see in front of you today was not the kid who would be doing this interview in 2002. In fact, I would have said no to the interview because I would have absolutely felt like I have nothing to contribute. I have nothing to bring to the conversation. And when I ordered business cards for the first time, I legit looked at them like, who in the world am I possibly going to give a single one of these to? I've never sold a piece of real estate. Why would anyone trust me? So that took some, you know, baby step successes for me to get some confidence, to grow confidence in an industry I had no background in. So the first client I ever sold a property to was this lesbian police officer couple. And it was kind of the best experience I could have ever had because they're a lot like me, a lot like you, Mabel. They, no filter, like here's, here's how it's gonna work, here's how this relationship's gonna be. And they gave me the best advice on things to do and not do when I'm walking through properties that I don't know who's in there or um, what I might find behind a door or in a basement. And so the learning curve was super fun and energizing right out of the gate where those around you, your peers and your clients, help you, you know, sort of uh, jump over those roadblocks a little, a little bit faster. So anyway, fast forward in Facebook, I was an early adopter of not only um, asking people for friendships, but in building relationships with my peers locally, for sure, for starters, and then slowly trickling that out around the country uh, because we do interact with each other in these um, uh, community-based volunteerisms that we do. So Women's Council, we're obviously national, Illinois Association, the National Association. If you have a fear with connecting with your peers around the country, um, that's something to really take an internal look at because we do this business together and the ability to collaborate and learn from Mabel through the years and not reinvent the wheel is kind of magical to me. I have one um, class that I teach and it's if I knew now what I knew, if I knew then what I know now. And it's a lot of that conversation about if I could go back and start over, what would I have done differently? 
from a marketing perspective, I probably would have started it out the same, but perhaps because I was a big chicken at the time, I would have tried to force myself into more um, engagement in those communities uh, at a hyper local level faster. I think that that would be my advice is don't wait five, seven years to engage in your industry and within your community, um, out right out of the gate, push yourself. But to do that, maybe bring a buddy. Because even for networking events, I'd go to a networking event, maybe Mabel would be there, and I'd go pony up to the bar, get a soda or a drink of my choice, drink my drink, go home, check the box on my to-do list, I went to a networking event, where are my referrals? You know, what am I doing right or wrong here? And so early in my career, I would get a buddy to take me to a networking event because I would be a big chicken to walk up and introduce myself who felt I was a nobody to myself to introduce myself to someone like a Mabel Guzman in a room. Align yourself with people who have been along that journey before you um, because they will help you navigate the same fears that, that we've all had in our own way. I mean, I'd love to hear Mabel's stories about some fear-based stuff because um, I, of course, look at her like she's never had fear came out of the womb like she is today. And I know with certainty that because I did it, there's a strong chance, you know, Rebecca and Mabel also had to navigate, you know, this self-acceptance and self-evolution. And there was a small period of time where I actually started wearing uh, business suits because I, I was told that's what I needed to do to be successful in this industry that I'd come to love. And after a week, I was just like, to heck with that. That's not me. It's not authentic. I'm not comfortable. And if I'm going to wear this every day, I'm just never going to leave my house to meet another human being because I'm not comfortable in my, in my own fabric skin anymore. And so I went back to, you know, wearing what makes me feel comfortable and confident. And that's the key for me is, you know, being yourself. And when you are and you're, you have the knowledge and the data and you've done the research and you've learned it, when you speak from confidence about stuff that you know internally, it's, it's the game changer for real. So I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Um, what was on the flyer when you're posting them up on the coffee shops in the stores? Um, well, it was just a photo of me, and um, I've always sort of had this campaign concept of real people, real answers, real estate. And so it was, you know, basically just trying to engage in dialogue with people about questions they might have about any of that. So it was just okay. me. It was, like a, it was like a large business card, for lack of a better term. Okay, very, very cool, very cool. All right, so now we got an idea of what each of your individual brands are. How does that brand now impact your business? And we'll start with Mabel on that. Um, very positively, I have to say, people see me as an advocate. So also when it comes to issues that are happening in DC, you know, I'll even have clients call me, hey, this thing is happening. Do you know what's, you know, what that's about, especially when it comes to property issues? And we'll have a nice chat about it. Um, luckily, I do know about it. So then, you know, I'll tell them, um, like, when SALT was done away with in Illinois, that was sort of a big deal. So we talked about that and some other strategies that they can do. So um, moreover, on this SBA loans, I'm getting a lot of calls, right? So we talk about it, um, even for my kids, you know? So it's sort of like being able to be a conduit and also direct them um, if you don't have the answers. Because if I don't have all the answers, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give you some resources where you can even ask additional questions, where I'm gonna connect you with someone who actually processes these loans. And you could ask them all those questions. You know, or if you need help, I'll, you know, I'll stay with you and we'll talk about, let me know what portion of the application or whatever you don't understand. I went through the application process, so I felt like, okay, I kind of get these questions. So 
it's like, you know, you, again, they refer to you for a lot of these issues, but not only that, do you have a plumber? Do you have an electrician? Do you have a really good contractor? I have a whole list of people and resources that I share with other people. You know, sometimes I actually come in a bind and I'll call up another realtor as I did like Sarah Ware the other day because all my cleaning services were not working. <laughs> you know, and I, I was, do you know anyone who's still like cleaning houses? I mean, I just need this place cleaned up. I just need to get it on the market. So it's not only having resources to share, it's also building a network so you have areas that you can go to and get those resources. So that, that's really what it's about. It's a network, right? You have your network of clients where they see you as this flow through of information, but then you have your network of friends and especially business associates like Sam, Rebecca, you, Eddie, Megan, all of you, people watching on, you know, watching online. And you're like, you know what? I talked to them about that thing. I'm going to reach out to them because they may have somebody uh, or my electrician is busy. Um, but so-and-so I know mentioned that they have a really good electrician. Let me reach out to them. That's how you start building resources by connecting with each other. Um, and then for me, I mean, that's the, been the strength of my brand where they reach out to me and I'm like, I am their solutions officer. That's what I am. I see them myself as a solutions officer. They have an issue and it's a problem for them, but for me, it's an opportunity to show them how I can help them. So then again, when they refer me to somebody, they're like, you know what? You haven't, this girl can get it done. There's something going on. It's not, doesn't seem like it's stressful or it's not working. It works. She'll get it done or she'll tell you bail. Either way, you know, I'll exhaust every, every possible opportunity I can to keep something together. But, and then they feel like we did everything. And then it's like, you know, you're like their personal Google. I mean, it's, it's all good. I enjoy it because then it's like, I can, because guess what? Now I have a follow-up conversation. So by them reaching out to you, by asking you a question, is also an opportunity to follow up on the services that other people that you recommended and do they need anything else? So it's like, it's this little ping pong. It goes back and forth and it's excellent. So, and then in the middle of a transaction, which is great, they always refer you to somebody else. Or if you help them with a situation, they, they're like, you know, a friend of mine is starting to look. So you're at top of mind. And that's really what it is it's about staying top of mind so that they don't forget about you. Uh, excellent. So um, I want to keep this moving faster. We're going to pick up the pace a little bit and see if our other two uh, panelists have anything they want to add when it comes to how their brand has impacted their business. Um, yeah, I'll just say, you know, I really um, leverage my brand for, and I'll kind of play off of what Mabel said is that, you know, I've leveraged my brand so that people, get to know me, um, especially using social media, I want them, like I said, to be able to trust me and feel comfortable reaching out to me for anything before they've even met me. Um, and so one thing that I joke about, anyone that knows me knows that I love coffee. I drink so much coffee. Um, in fact, the last blog post I wrote for NAR was about how coffee has actually helped me build my brand online. It's called How Starbucks, uh, I think I entitled it How Starbucks help me build my brand and I'm not talking about the caffeine or something like that. Um, and so I drink so much coffee that it ends up in a majority of my posts. And so people were starting to refer to me as this Cleveland realtor who loves her coffee and agents around the country would tag me in pictures with coffee in them who I don't know. 
So guess who they'd send referrals to when they needed somebody in Cleveland? The Cleveland realtor who loves her coffee. I've gone to coffee shops in Cleveland, local shops, where the, the baristas, this has happened twice to me, the baristas say, oh, hey, I follow you on Instagram. I, I know who you are. You love coffee. I'm like, that's right. I love coffee. So I've been able to leverage that to really be able to stand out um, in the Cleveland market. If anyone needs anything, they, they know that they can come to me. Um, everyone knows also through my brand that I have a network of agents nationwide. So any, you know, pretty much any city, any state, I have friends through NAR um, that I know I can go to and call pretty much anywhere. Or if I don't know someone, I can just go on Instagram and find somebody for them pretty easily. Um, so that's really how I've been able to you know, leverage my brand for my business. And I'll, I'll just, uh, to keep this going for you, Eddie, I'll piggyback on that and say, um, I'm for sure one of those kids that loves to market my personal brand, like wear it on everything. Even my glasses are actually branded to say askforsam.com on the side. I don't know if you can see it, but I also have my word of the year, which is integrity in, um, embossed inside as well. So like I, like I, I love being able to be on 100% of the time, but I feel like real estate is a lifestyle. And so if you choose to partake in it in that way, I encourage that. If you choose to compartmentalize your personal life and your business life and have business hours, I respect that mad respect for that self-control and discipline too. Um, I prefer to you know, be active and alive and share who I am at all times. So it's just part of my authenticity. This is me a thousand percent of the time. And so I also love working remote. So that's one of the things that has sort of been a little bit different for me is now I'm always working at my, with my green screen behind me, where before I could work from a recliner, from the dining room table, from the couch, from the island. And I find during this pandemic, I really prefer to be in this space and have kind of compartmentalized where I'm only here and working for a certain amount of time. But having your brand on your person or on your technology, if I'm working at a Starbucks or a local coffee shop, it says, ask for Sam, right? And it says I'm a realtor, clearly branded a realtor. And another tip that I'll give away is um, my hotspot, which I'll always be on my own hotspot, even in a Starbucks environment. And partly for this reason, if you go to check out the Starbucks hotspot, it will say askforsam.com dash realtor um, as the name of my hotspot. So now you can see there's a realtor in the room. And if you glance around, you'll see the laptop that says the same thing as the hotspot did. And I find in airports, restaurants, bars, coffee shops, um, I'm approachable and engageable because I put it out there that I'm approachable and engageable. So don't be afraid to do that. Uh, Rebecca mentioned uh, using your, you know, Nmobel about resources like plumbers, contractors, blah, blah, blah. I'll take it one step further. I use Facebook. Facebook's my go-to platform. And I will use Facebook to get someone, that person that I don't have. So I'll ask all of my peers, and I don't just isolate it to Chicago, because I'll, I'll make the ask of all of my peers across the country, because let's face it, there are some companies that have a national presence. So I don't want to avoid um, or limit the conversation in where these resources are going to come from. I've also used Facebook twice in one year when my yellow Volkswagen Beetle at the time had some electrical issues and the battery kept dying. And I would put on Facebook before roadside service, hey, it's Sam Powell. Obviously they knew because I'm making the post. I am stuck at the corner of blah and blah with a dead battery. Is anyone nearby that can come and jump my car? And I kid you not, both times, first time it was a client of mine, a different police officer, um, but a client of mine rolled up and uh, were nose to nose 
and she couldn't get her hood of her car open to jumpstart. So she made the best of intentions to be there and help. And we had to get someone else to, to help us get her car open so she could help me anyway. And then That's the second awesome. time, and then the second time it was a realtor who actually was like, listen, I live in the neighborhood and came right over and jumpstart my car, car with me. So the power of that tool in, as a communication tool, as resources in our industry and outside of our industry is amazing and awesome. We're going to do um, a little like speed round here. So I'm going to ask a couple questions um, in your area, topic or expertise. And I'm looking for just a quick 30 second answer on each of these. So we're going to start with Rebecca. We're going to start with social media because I think right now that's where everybody's focusing on. How often are you posting? So um, my main platform is Instagram, as I've mentioned. I saw someone asked on here what my, my Instagram name is. Um, it's RebeccaDonatelli.Realtor. So you guys know, um, I am posting on my feed maybe three to four times every week. And then on my Instagram story, I'm there every single day because I want to stay top of mind and share with people what I've been up to. Okay. And then of course, you know, the obvious question is, do you do anything outside of social media for advertising or branding? You know, to be honest, not really. Um, my team, I encourage my agents to go to networking events. What, now, obviously, we cannot. So we're not doing that now. But, you know, under norm, normal circumstances, we do do that. Um, and that has helped, you know, build our, our team name, our brand as well. But it's really social media. And the beauty of it is that I have not spent a dime on any of it. I did one Instagram ad one time for 30 bucks. Um, I joke that I feel like I could have spent that 30 bucks better at Starbucks. But, um, so, and I know some agents that are great with, with Facebook and Instagram ads. It's just not my thing. Um, so the beauty of it is that I'm able to market myself on there and not spend any money and, and the return is crazy. So. And then, so it, what do you think is the biggest thing that sets you apart on Instagram? You know, for me, um, it's really just been focusing on that specific brand. You know, in Northeast Ohio market that I'm in, every buyer and seller has over 8,000 choices of agents they can work with, right? So when I go to a buyer listing consultation, I want them to know who I am. And a lot of them do reach out through social media. So they already have gotten to know me a little bit before I walk in the door. Um, and so the key is really just sharing who you are. It's like Mabel said, just be yourself, be genuine, be real. It's not about the real estate sales. Um, you know, I have a, a top producing team here in Cleveland, Ohio, and, and you don't even really see my sales on social because that's not what I want people to know. I want them to know me. I want them to know my love for coffee and tag me in their coffee posts and tell me what the latest coffee shop is in Cleveland so I could go check it out. Um, and so it's really just building a brand that will set me apart from the other 8,000 agents here in my market. Excellent. All right, Mabel, again, looking for 30 second, actually 15 second answers at this point. Where did you get started? Um, and your involvement first. Uh, Women's Council of Realtors. That's where I started in Chicago. Awesome, so that's awesome. My leadership roots are. And then where did, how did it progress? What was after that? Okay, so then after that, um, okay, so Women's Council of Realtors. Then I decided to just do general volunteering and there was an opportunity after the levees decimated New Orleans, I wanted to go. So I went and there was gonna be a conference at the same time. So I went down there and I worked with Habitat for Humanity for a week and with 15 strangers from all over the country and I got to know them and it was really quite the experience. I was invited to a car dinner. People got to know me. I told them and they were, you know, and Leanne Luckett, who does all the more do said, 
oh my gosh, I just found out my friend has been doing all this work with Habitat for Humanity this past week. And, you know, I got up, I did like, um, I told them what I did. Some of the work that we did was working and gutting houses for seniors and disabled in St. Bernard Parish. So then after that, I was asked to join the board. I was actually appointed, which I thought was kind of like, okay, because somebody was leaving. And so I came in. Um, I thought the board was really dry. I thought this was really boring. Oh my God, what are we going to do here? Then we did a strategic planning session and that was it. And then I was hooked. I was like, okay, this is what it's about. I want to be here to decide, you know, like the color of the carpet. I want to be here about how we're going to do and improve our members' lives. <laughs> this is really what it's about. So from there, that's what I did. But I took initiative. You know, that's the, I think people didn't, in a sense, for Women's Council, it was asked. And then after that, I just took a lot of initiative. Um, so I went to Illinois Realtors, and it was in Peoria. Drove up there. I don't know what to expect. Just went. Then I was on Illinois Realtor meetings. Then, you know, for NAR, I was on the board. I was like, well, they're going to D.C. I should go. I'm on the board. Went on my dime. Went over, went to the May meetings. And, you know, even the AE interviews was like, that's amazing that you came here. You didn't have to come here. I was like, well, if I'm in, I'm all in. I'm not going to be here, like, half-assing it, you know. I don't know if that's going to get bleeped or not, but anyway, so, you know what <laughs> I mean? Once again, honest. Like, <laughs> if you're going to do it, it. It was her and not me. Okay, <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it. Be all in. Participate at every level. Find out why are they going to the main meetings? What's going on in Peoria? What's happening in Springfield? Don't half-ass it. Once you say yes to volunteering and you're going to be part of the board or a committee, commit. Because you know what, it's the best experience ever. Because the thing is, you grow in that experience and then you get to network with people and guess what? Then you get referrals from all over the country. I get referrals from Spain, from New Zealand. I mean, that's, that's a whole thing, right? It's, that's, the, that's the cool thing about it. The other cool thing is you're doing a lot of great stuff that helps the members and shapes the association that impacts everyday people's lives, including 60 million homeowners that are out there. Absolutely. So um, we're going to go to Sam. We're going to put Sam at a 10 second, 10 seconds, Sam, 10 yeah, seconds. You, um, uh, you kind of touched on the first one was what's your personal touch for branding and marketing already. But out of all of those personal little touches, which one is your favorite? Uh, so one of the one of the things that I highly encourage us to do is we're so heavy into this digital world in this digital space and have been since the onset of social media. What I encourage us doing is letting it be a roadmap. Uh, so for example, um, my parents, they just had to put their dog down. If it wasn't my parents, I would take that nugget of information. I'd take it offline. I'd have a custom something adorable and sweet made and sent to them. So take a relationship that's sharing us information digitally, take it offline, actually engage with the humanity of that experience in that moment that's happening. And interestingly enough, what happens a lot of times it is it comes full circle back online where they show this touching, wonderful item that was received because somebody cared about them. So it's important to bridge that, um, you know, that, that river of the life and spaces that we play in is to make sure that they intertwine and you're not just living in the world of social media, take it offline. It's a great answer. Look at it. She got it right on the money when I started counting her down. Um, all right, let's take some questions from the audience. Megan, what do you have? Okay, so one important question that was brought up, um, trying to bring it back to where we are currently um, in our 
current role and pandemic that we've got going on right now, how are you shifting your brands or voices um, to respond to how things are right now? How are you shifting your brands currently? Let's go ahead. Sam, you got your hand up. Let's go with Sam. Yeah, so uh, like Rebecca as well, I know that we travel and speak quite a bit and we're a bit grounded in that regard. And watching everyone else around us offering free content and free information and free engagement, um, I found myself right in that wheelhouse too. So the presentations that I would be traveling to give, um, we are absolutely sharing. I'm doing two or three of them a week sometime. And they sometimes are an hour, hour and a half, two hours or more in just deliverable content to help raise the bar of our peers around us. Very cool. Anybody have anything to add to that? Yeah, actually, I did a video for NAR on doing remote showings, virtual showings, which is um, if you go to NAR.realtor or to YouTube and just look at National Association of Realtors, it's on there. I've been doing virtual showings, remote showings for over five years. Uh, so for me, when they said you need to go remote, I was like, eh, that's not a big deal. Um, the Because I've already been doing it. Have I done transactions that way? Absolutely. I have clients who had a problem. Their problem was, I don't want to miss an opportunity and I travel a lot. How is it that I'll be able to actually see property, not miss out on something, especially in, an, in a community or in a time where you have very tight inventories and not really enough? And I said, easy, I'll go do the showing. You stay at your desktop, wherever you're at in the world, we'll figure out a time zone and I'll show it to you. And yep. they're like, seriously? I'm like, yes, let's figure out the app. Do you have WhatsApp? Do you have Google Hangouts? Do you have Skype? Let me know what you have. So I simplified it for them. Um, if you watch the video, there's three tips on there. Really, basically, it's adapt to your client with regards to what app they use. Make it easy. It's about them. Number two, communicate size, um, space, and time, especially if it's vacant, doesn't really work out. So you need to use find really good verbal cues, references, talk about volume, space, size, even in reference to where they live. If you see where they live, um, say, hey, that bedroom, your bedroom is the same, this room is the same size as your bedroom, stuff like yep. that. The other one is debrief. So at the end, I talk to them. I ask them about their experience, if they want to continue. And I'll tell you what, I had a client, traveled a lot. She was home for the weekend. She didn't want to go out. She sat on her couch drinking wine while I did the three showings. And she was just like, this is awesome. And I was like, yeah. And every time she talks to me, that's how she wants to do it remotely. So once you start that way, it's basically that's the relationship you've developed with that individual. And they want to keep it that way. They find it that they can still see you, they can talk to you, engage with you. So I, for me, with regards to this pandemic, I would say if you're an essential worker or not, um, in Illinois we are, follow the guidelines, especially of the Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity, which is no more than four people at a showing. Do it remotely if you can. And on top of that, I'm doing 3D tours. So the thing is, how are you making your, how are you adapting? You know, how are you pivoting? And are you being a solutions officer for the, for the person who's selling? And are you also that same solutions officer for somebody who's buying? Like I said, do buyer consultations online. Whatever you're doing, if you can do it remotely, do it. There is a way of doing it and having wonderful success. Megan, what else we got for questions? Okay, so um, now more than ever, it's important to be talking to your sphere across all of your platforms. So how are you guys utilizing content and branding um, that is welcoming and relevant to right now? What kind of things are you posting that are helping your clients in your sphere with current world events? We'll start with Rebecca on this one. Yeah, um, this is kind of 
on the last question and then also on this question. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've been doing is trying to post more content of things that I'm doing at home, just to relate to everyone that's watching that's also at home. A great example is I challenged one of my friends to a baking challenge. This was last week or the week before. I, I, I don't even know what day it is. So, um, and I shared it and I invited anyone who followed me to join in on the baking challenge. So a realtor out of uh, California shared it. She posted she was baking, tagged me. One of her friends said, hey, I happen to be looking for a realtor in Cleveland to buy three investment properties. Can you hook me up? And now this, this investor is working with me to find three properties from a baking challenge that I shared. Um, so just sharing things that are relatable, um, you know, and then also just being real about what's happening in the market here. It, it's still pretty busy um, in Northeast Ohio. And, um, you know, I'm just being real and being honest. And I feel more connected to my sphere and my clients than ever before because now I'm forced to be chatting with them even more and so I feel more connected to my clients I'm um, just staying in constant contact with them excellent excellent uh Mabel you had additional stuff you wanted to add um I think really pretty much um you know follow the guidelines right and keep yourself safe and you know from a this is a public health crisis and it's not of our doing. The thing is also don't feel paralyzed, you know, because some people do feel paralyzed. I received this question last week when, um, from Latin American brokers. And I thought that was really uh, quite the moment where somebody became that vulnerable to actually say, I feel paralyzed, what can I do? Well, the thing is everything that you were doing, it's understandable. Everything you were doing on a daily basis has stopped and it ceased, especially if you're a person that is into a schedule and is very regulated. So, you know, my thing is meditate, you know, pray, whatever. You got to center yourself first. Secondly, you need to come up with a plan. Just plan to do and accomplish one thing the next day. Write it down, accomplish it. The next day, two more things. The following day, three more things. Start readapting the schedule that you have to something now that will work for you and keep pieces of that original schedule that you'll be able to do easily from home. Um, so I think it's, you've got to give people direction and right now, even our clients need direction. So if you have pivoted and adapted into this environment, wonderful, but there, we're all experiencing this together and experiencing it in very different ways. So we have to be cognizant of other people and because they're experiencing it in different ways, we can't discount what they're feeling. We have to acknowledge it and then give them some solutions. And that's really how I see it but we do have to give direction. We are leaders, let's give direction. I agree, you know, I, one of the things I saw was, you know, with a restaurant, all right, you got a chance to get, have a meal that night and no one's coming into their business. So they have a missed opportunity. This is not missed opportunities for what we do. This is opportunities that are just put on pause. They may be on pause for three months, six months or 12 months, but there's no missed opportunities with for real estate when it comes to this. Sam, go ahead. Um, I was gonna, uh, in the state that we're in right now, um, wholeheartedly believe empathy and compassion have to be sort of um, top of mind at all times because everyone is at a different place in their own personal roller coaster of it all. Um, I feel like one of the things that we can do right now and one of the things that I've been doing is um, this access to Zoom, like I pay for the $14.99 a month, for lack of a better term, the one one step up. 
And there are certain things you can do, like A, customizable backgrounds, of course, which is super fun. Um, I host, on a minimum, three Zoom events a week that are just my own, meaning it's like an open forum. So on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I offer this afternoon delight with a, with a customizable tiny URL. So I can mark it every week, and it's the same tiny URL to get you into that room each and every time you might want to come and engage. On Saturdays, I host a crafts and cocktails where everyone can hang out with me while I spend a minimum of two hours working on my paint by numbers adult painting because I'm not an artist. And it's a, a space to just, you know, step out of your solo environment, engage with other humanity, and know that it's going to be me just being me in that space the whole time, right? So a little bit of humor, a little bit of sarcasm. Um, we're going to have special guests this coming Tuesday and Thursday in my afternoon delight, which is 1.30 uh, central time. And it's a tiny URL afternoon dash delight. We're super simplified in how this works. But you, I could see us as realtors creating our own private, right, in Zoom. You can have your own private meeting. So if I wanted to invite Rebecca to a private meeting right now, um, A, I have a tiny URL, which is tinyurl.com forward slash Zoom with Sam. And it takes you right into a very private Sam meeting. And you all you need is a password from me. So I've also created it where in my phone number is the event ID. So if I'm like Mabel, I'd like to talk to you at three, if that's okay, just log in with my cell phone number and here's the password. And now we're in a private Zoom together and I can lock everyone else out. So I love the ability to use like Instagram, social media, Twitter, anywhere you're doing it um, to invite your clients, customers to have some personal engagement with you, either in this social created forum where there's group engagement or this individual engagement. And I'm not a live phone person, just by trade. Um, I, but I love this face-to-face -face Zoom relationship that, that we're able to have. I need that visual content. So if you're not in front of me physically, I work better in a space where you're in front of me virtually. And so I've always been this paperless virtual work remote play kid. So I like to tease everyone, welcome to my sandbox, because this is what I've been doing, you know, my entire career as much as possible. And so this doesn't feel very different to me at all. It's more like a staycation uh, where I'm choosing to work from home instead of choosing to work from all of my pro pro favorite locations around the city. I get to visit people in their locations around the country and the globe in the comforts of their own home. So there's a lot of powerful engagement and healthy ways to look at this. Eddie, can I add something? Yeah, I mean, also, this is a great time to get education for yourself. There's Right Tools right now with NAR, where you can get an ePro certification. There's also telemedicine, whoever did not sign up. It was limited, but through telemedicine, I mean, you had two, three months with NAR. So look for, start leveraging. I mean, great content from Rebecca, from Sam. There's so many resources online. I mean, what, I, what I've been sharing is really about SBA, the loans, which, by the way, they're going to um, fund again another $250 billion into paycheck protection and another 50 billion into other SBA loans. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff I guess I've been sharing with my realtor community, with my clients. It's really been about, are you Fannie or Freddie loan? Because if you're a GSC sponsored loan, guess what? Um, call your servicer because you can get a forbearance. That's the kind of stuff that we can be sharing, right? That's an instant phone call for somebody that you did a piece of business with in the last couple of years and say, hey, I'm checking in on you, which is so important. Absolutely empathy. Find out how are they experiencing this pandemic and then give them something like, hey, did you know 
Um, and let's find out. I'm sitting here at my laptop. Let's see if your loan is. If not, I'll send you the link and you can check it out for yourself and find out if you can go ahead and make that phone call so that you have some forbearance for the next three, three months, six months, year, depending, right? Think about that information that you're sharing with your clients. Isn't that powerful? I mean, that you're telling them how you can protect them, their asset and that they won't go into foreclosure. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, the information aspect that we touched on is huge too, because I know personally, we right now the country and the big message we have to keep out there is it's not 2008, it's 9-11. It's not a 2008 event, it's a 9-11 event. Over 50% of the market has 50% equity in the houses right now. People aren't going to be walking away from a home they have you know, equity in. So we're gonna do one more question, Megan. Give us a good one. Okay, well, I've got a good one and then a short one. So good one and a short one. Give us one both. really quick question. And okay. um, this was from Andrew Romano, and he's asking if the panelists recommend having both a personal Instagram and a business one. Or... I was going to get that one. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> and what was the other Rebe one? That's, Rebe that's Rebecca for sure. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was, can the panelists share their ideas for what the participants can use when the virus is over regarding business? So do you guys have a game plan in place? Do you have things that you know you're going to do right away once you can all go back out? Um, what does that look like? So let's start with the uh, Instagram personal or business, Rebecca. What's your recommendation? So um, I still have a bit, uh, personal profile. I really don't utilize it that much, um, but I recommend having definitely something separate for your business and then implementing some personal things, you know, be cautious about how personal you're getting. Um, if I share a location that I'm at, I don't share the exact location until after I've left for safety purposes. Um, there are certain things that I might not share. If you have kids, be cautious of, you know, how much you're sharing about them. Um, but I definitely recommend, you know, having two and then implementing some personal into the business. Um, it just depends on how personal you, you want to get. If you're getting pretty personal, I would say keep that separate, maybe a private profile. So your Instagram account does not automatically feed into your per business Facebook page then right now? So actually, mine is a, an actual business page. The, I'll, I'll be totally honest. The only reason I switched from a regular profile to a business is because um, at the end of 2018, another Rebecca Donatelli got her license in Cleveland, Ohio. So, um, and, she, and her office is half a mile away from my office. And so my Instagram is, you know, where my whole business is. And so I wanted to make sure through Instagram, people could contact me and, and get the right Rebecca Donatelli. Um, so you can email and call me from the business profile. So that's one of the reasons I really love having it. Um, it does feed to my Facebook page, but I don't really use that feature too much. I, I post separately on the two platforms. Okay, and then since we're talking to you right now, finishing up, what is your game plan the second we're all released uh, out of lockdown and, you know, the, the fences are open and we're off to the races? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think things will definitely get a little crazy once things kind of go back to normal. I, I say that, you know. As normal as it can be. Right, as normal as it can be. Um, you know, kind of when, when the dust settles, if you will, and things go back, I, I do think it's going to be kind of chaotic. And so I'm, I'm trying to prep my clients and my team right now just to say, you know, we need to come up with some kind of strategy. Um, I'll be honest, things are, are still busy here, whether we're doing things virtually or um, in-person showings, you know, being safe and obviously following, you know, CDC guidelines and things like that. 
Um, but just really trying to prep everyone as much as possible, you know, kind of when the dust settles, I think. Mabel, what is your game plan when the gates are open and we're released to the public? Well, when the gates are open, I think we're going to have a hybrid culture where there's physical and digital. And that's basically it. And now these are the options that we're going to offer our clients. So essentially, we can't go really back to what we were doing before. We're just going to go back to doing it maybe a different way, right? We're going to still sell. We're still going to list. We're going to meet with clients. But now it's going to be optional whether and it's going to be on them to decide whether they want a physical meeting or they want to do something digital, period. Um, even when we host meetings, even when we do anything, right now we're finding that some people are highly productive individuals, highly productive because of this. And to then now say, yeah, we're not going to do it anymore, I think is really kind of silly. I think we have to look at, we cannot go back to who we were. We are now very different at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Sam, I will give you the last word. Uh, I, I agree with Mabel wholeheartedly. To me, um, this has made it very clear um, how, how much technology can add efficiencies into our lives and our world. Um, I've been sort of that agent that always wanted to, I never liked being late. So I'd be outside of your house, down the block so you didn't see me an hour before my listening presentation anyway, putting last minute touches on final research so that when I walked in the door, it was timely data, like a new listing just went on five minutes ago. I'd know that intel. Um, so I feel like I'm not going to do a whole lot different than what I was doing before and I'm doing now. I think I'll incorporate more Zoom conversations um, because the just the ability to get more done in your day because of the less that we're out there physically in a holding pattern waiting to get from A to B to C. Um, I find this has sort of been a game changer for the people on the other side because I've always been playing in these spaces. What I love now is there are more people engaged in it in a way that's most meaningful for me. So I get to be my authentic self and I get to bring people into the space that weren't into the same space before, but now they're comfortable in it because the pandemic has opened the door and everyone's eyes to things a little bit differently. I'm a huge freaking hugger, like known for being a extended hugger, making some people uncomfortable, which is the intention. Wait till they wanna release first. It's like a catch and release program. Um, and so I'm, I'm longing for hugs in a really, really big way. So watch out if you're in my space. But I will say this, um, I will be for sure a um, cautious re-engager back into our society, um, just because I think of all of the science behind everything that I see and internalize. I think we need to be tread very carefully about just uh, how quickly we go back into like, I'm not going to a concert probably in the next handful of years. Um, but just, you know, just being careful and cautious and paying attention to um, the medical establishment's guidance and advice as we come out of this slowly. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we are way past three o'clock and I know you guys all have jam-packed schedules and a lot of things to get done. So I wanna wrap this up with a huge thank you to Rebecca, Mabel, and Sam for joining us today. Um, originally this event was planned and I'm glad we were able to keep it moving forward and going on virtually. So on behalf of Illinois YPN and the Illinois uh, Realtors, thank you so much uh, for doing this virtually and just delivering great content. Um, just a couple quick uh, notes. Um, you guys can connect with uh, the Illinois YPN on Facebook at Illinois YPN. You also can connect um, on Instagram at Illinois Realtors. 
Um, these are great channels that are giving up uh, a lot of data, a lot of information um, of everything that's going on. For our Illinois realtors, if you have not done so yet, check out the recently released Real Out Web series that's addressing the Illinois Realtors legal changes in our license law from our, that our legal team put together. It's a good time to get yourself up to date and up to speed on the Illinois Real Estate License Act. Um, there are six episodes for that. And lastly, um, as you connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to the Illinois Realtors podcast where our YPN has put out six episodes to date. Many of the episodes cover to everyday topics for realtors, not just those in Illinois. So it, it's a great series um, and it's a great series to go back and listen to old stuff because it's relevant content even in today's uh, things of what's going on. I know we just did one that was, you know, professional courtesies, you know, making sure the lock property's locked when you leave, making sure that the lockbox is in a visible space, things along those. That being said, I, again, a thank you to all our participants, and I hope you guys have an amazing day. And with that, it's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. 